Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I am your host Danny, and today is a solo podcast. So today I'm going to talk about running and resistance training. So if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that I really enjoy running as well as resistance training. And essentially my resistance training is training for hypertrophy and I also have a few clients who are in the same position. They want to progress with their running. They want to improve their running performance. Some of them have entered a few races, but they also want to maintain the muscle tissue that they're carrying or build muscle tissue in certain areas, much like myself. And so I thought I'd do a podcast on this topic because I know with a lot of my clients being in the same boat, there's probably a lot of you listening to this podcast who are also in the same boat of wanting to progress with both running and your resistance training, which is absolutely possible. And I wanted to do a podcast on this topic because I think it can be really easy to get caught up in thinking that you have to do one or the other, you have to fit in a box. And coming from bodybuilding, I know that there's a common misconception that running will quote unquote kill your gains, which is absolutely not true. And the truth is that with smart programming, running will absolutely not result in you losing the muscle tissue you're carrying. And you absolutely can progress with both running and your resistance training performance and the goal of building muscle tissue or retaining muscle tissue, depending on what your goal is. So you can absolutely do both. Now, before I dive a little bit deeper into this topic and carry on with the rest of this podcast, if you're not already following me on Instagram, make sure you do. My Instagram is Danny Bosworth. That's D-A-N-N-I-B-O-S-W-O-R-T-H. And if any of you listening to this are interested in online coaching, in working with me one-to-one, I do currently have some coaching slots available. So get in touch because they will go fast. Get in touch now. I would love to hear from you and I would absolutely love to help you achieve your goals and improve your quality of life and improve your health throughout the process. So drop me a direct message on Instagram or drop me an email. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And if you do enjoy the content on the Female Fitness Podcast, please do like, subscribe and leave me a comment or a review down below because it means the absolute world. And make sure that you share that you're listening on your Instagram story. And thank you to anyone who does take the time to do that. So carrying on with the podcast, like I said, the truth is that with smart programming, running absolutely will not quote unquote kill your gains and you can progress with both running and resistance training at the same time. If your goal was to become the best in the world at either running or resistance training, then yes, you would have to pick one and you would have to mainly stick with that. You would probably, if, for example, you wanted to become the best in the world at running, you would still do some strength training or some resistance training alongside that to help with your running performance and help you prevent injury anyway. But if you were to want to be the best in the world at bodybuilding, for example, you probably would not run. So 
yes, if you wanted to be the best in the world, sacrifices would have to be made. But if you're looking to progress with both without pushing each individual one to an extreme level, then you absolutely can have the best of both worlds. And actually, there can be some benefits to including both. For example, having good cardiovascular fitness levels, which running will obviously positively contribute to, This will aid with your recovery between sets during your resistance training sessions, and it will help with your recovery between sessions. And it might actually help with your performance itself in terms of the number of reps you're able to perform for each set if you have better fitness levels as a whole. However, there are some things that you need to be aware of if you're wanting to progress with both running and your resistance training. There are things that you need to consider and put more effort into than someone who is just wanting to succeed with one or the other. So it's going to take some careful programming. And this is where it can really help to have a coach so that you don't get too carried away and so that you make sure you're nailing everything you can be nailing in order to progress to the best of your ability whilst enjoying both. So I'm going to talk about nutrition first and then I'm going to move on to training and then I'm going to move on to recovery, stress and sleep. So from a nutrition perspective, The first thing that you need to consider if you're wanting to progress with both is your protein intake. So you want to make sure that you're having at least four protein feedings spread throughout the day to elevate muscle protein synthesis. It's really important that we do everything we can to aid recovery when we're trying to progress with two different goals, especially when our training volume is high it's especially important to prioritize these little details such as our protein intake. And each protein serving for most women needs to be at least around 20 grams. And you ideally want that from a complete protein source. Examples would be meat, fish, Greek yogurt, quark, cottage cheese, whey protein, and you want ideally 20 grams of protein from this main protein source in each meal or snack. So make sure that you're having at least four protein feedings spread throughout the day to elevate elevate muscle protein synthesis. And like I said, this isn't just about muscle tissue retention or muscle tissue development. It's also about recovery as a whole. And so it's super important. Protein is involved in many of our bodily processes. It's not just about muscle tissue. On top of that, you might want to consider supplementation. So one of the main supplements that you would want to consider when it comes to wanting to progress with both your running performance and muscle tissue development or muscle tissue retention, your resistance training performance is creatine one hydrate. Creatine is quite a cheap supplement and it's one of the most research backed supplements out there. It won't only help with muscle tissue growth or retention, but it will also help with your physical performance so your running performance and your resistance training performance and your cognitive performance as well creatine is involved in the process of energy production it is something that we have in our bodies 
And so when we supplement with creatine, all we are doing is we are saturating our body's creatine stores. That is why it is beneficial to supplement with creatine in order to saturate our body's own creatine stores. Some people mistake creatine for being some kind of steroid or something like that. It's not. It's just something that we we already have in our bodies that is involved in energy production and saturating our creatine stores has many potential benefits, like I said, such as improved cognitive performance, as well as improved physical performance, as well as improved intramuscular fullness. It comes with so many benefits. And so it's an easy box to tick. Like I said, it's quite a cheap supplement and it's one of the most research backed supplements out there as well. When you're supplementing with creatine, you ideally want to take five grams of creatine every single day, both rest days and training days. You do not need to load creatine. You can load creatine, but for most people, I would suggest not doing so because that is often where people experience side effects such as um, discomfort in their digestive system which is very uncommon by the way, but if you were to experience that, it is likely due to loading, due to taking large quantities of it. So I advise clients to just take five grams per day, every single day. And like I said, that is both on training days and rest days, as we want to keep our body's creatine stores saturated. The next thing I would consider or pay extra attention to if you're wanting to progress with both of these goals is your pre and post workout nutrition. So you want to make sure that you are consuming adequate fuel pre and post workout to help with your performance and your recovery. Especially if you're both running and resistance training on the same day in separate sessions, it becomes much more important in this scenario to replenish muscle glycogen post-workout if you've then got another session later in the day. So those of us who are just doing one session per day, we don't really need to worry about cramming a shed load of carbs in our bodies post-workout because there's in reality, there's no real rush to replenish muscle glycogen. We're not fully depleting it during a session anyway, usually during a resistance training session. And on top of that, if we're not training the same day, it doesn't, we're, no, we're in no rush to replenish muscle glycogen. We're probably going to do that throughout the day before our next session. But if you are doing a double session, if you're training twice in one day, it becomes more important to replenish muscle glycogen more quickly post-workout. And so you want to make sure that your post-workout meal is quite carbohydrate dense. And you want to make sure that those carbs are easy to digest. You want something that is going to sit really well with you. And like I said, that is if you are doing two sessions in one day in particular. You could also pre-workout consider using caffeine. Caffeine isn't for everybody, but it has been shown to have some ergogenic effects. Ergogenic means performance enhancing effects um, for some people. Some people just don't get on with caffeine. If you don't get on with caffeine, don't have it. But if you do get on with it, it could be something to consider just to give you a little bit of a boost before you train or before you run. 
just you know work with your body if caffeine makes you feel good if you find that it does boost your performance then go for it pre-workout just be careful and try to avoid having it after around 12 p.m because caffeine has a half-life of around six hours which means that after you consume a cup of coffee for example half of that caffeine is still going to be in your system six hours after you have consumed the cup of coffee. So if you had a coffee at midday, at 6pm, half of that caffeine is still going to be in your system. And that's why it's really important to be aware of when we're consuming our caffeine, because we don't want it to negatively impact our sleep, because that's going to have more of a negative effect than the positive effects of caffeine basically like the negatives outweigh the positives so be aware of when you're having caffeine if you are going to utilize it and try to have it in the first half of the day if you are going to utilize it you can obviously have decaf coffee later in the day but just just be aware of that we don't want to jeopardize our sleep for the sake of the tiniest improvement in performance you also need to make sure you're staying really well hydrated especially again if you're doing two sessions in one day and especially around runs because we can lose a lot of water and electrolytes during a run um especially you know everyone sweats different amounts but if you're a if you're someone who sweats um a lot more than the average it's something that you need to be especially aware of if you're running long distances you're sweating a lot you really need to make sure that you stay well hydrated especially around your runs you might want to consider adding some electrolytes to your water to help replenish those lost in sweat during your runs. You can just get like powdered electrolytes online from somewhere like MyProtein or bulk powders if you want, and it's not gonna have negative effects to add them in. Just obviously don't consume excessive quantities of them. It's just something to consider. Another thing from a nutrition perspective that I recommend to every client, whether you run or not, whether you resistance train or not, is eat mindfully and in a relaxed state. So when you sit down to eat your meals and note that I say sit down, don't eat them standing if you can avoid it. Sit down to eat your meals, eat in a relaxed state with no distractions. So no TV, no laptop, no phone, just sit down and focus on your meal. Enjoy the tastes and textures of the food that you're consuming and chew your food properly and not only will this help with digestion but it will also massively benefit you from a relationship with food perspective and a stress management perspective and just going back to digestion we will only really utilize the nutrients that we're able to digest and absorb properly and so it's so important that we prioritize our digestion and a lot of people they jump to eliminating food groups or adding in supplements like probiotics or digestive enzymes in order to improve their digestion when in reality they're not even nailing the basics they're not even sitting down to eat their meals they're not even chewing their food properly they're eating with distractions they're trying to have a conversation whilst eating a meal they're trying to watch tv at the same time they're wolfing their food down like it's going to disappear and it's no wonder that their digestion is not very good 
And then they start taking digestive enzymes and probiotics when it's not even necessary. They're not even nailing the basics. It's mad. So we need to think about the basics and fundamentals. We need to think about nailing lifestyle factors before we jump to things like supplements or highly complicated protocols, especially when it comes to digestion. And digestion is so important when it comes to our ability to progress and when it comes to our health and the way that we feel. We all know that we feel terrible when we feel sluggish, when we feel bloated as a result of our digestion being off. And so that's something that we can easily change in a lot of circumstances by eating in a relaxed and mindful state. And so we need to make sure we're doing that. Whatever your goal, whoever you are, it's important for all of us. Another thing from a nutrition perspective to consider, if you do both run and resistance train, is if your runs are long, I would consider an intra-workout. And your intra-workout should be predominantly carbohydrate because that is the main fuel source for your runs. This could be a gel, it could be liquid, it could be sweets. Have something that is easy to digest. Like I said, it could be a liquid. So it could be that you buy some highly branched cyclic dextrin, which is a carb powder. Again, you can get this off most supplement websites. You can get it cheap. It's literally just an unflavored carb powder and you can mix that with squash. Um, another reason we want to have carbs into workout as opposed to like fats, for example, is that fats take a lot longer to basically be digested and absorbed. And they would feel very uncomfortable to consume a fat source during a run for most people. And so we want to stick with predominantly carbs. And like I said, that could be sweets. It could be a liquid. So it could be highly branched cyclic dextrin mixed with some squash, or it could be a gel or something like that. Other people have other carb sources. That's fine. They are just some examples. But like I said, if your runs are lengthy, definitely consider an intra workout and if you're somebody who really struggles to eat before you run um and your runs again are quite lengthy i would make sure you have something intra workout if you're not having something pre run i would ideally for most people recommend that you are having something pre run um especially women especially women who have struggled with amenorrhea in the past make sure that you're not training fasted wherever possible but if you really struggle to have something before your run have something intra i'm now going to move on to training considerations and so the first point is i would avoid doing your resistance training and your running sessions back to back. The first reason is that you're not really going to perform to the best of your ability if you're doing both of those sessions back to back. If you think about it logistically, you are going to be tired for the second session, whatever that is, whether you were to do your run first or your resistance training first. If you were to do those sessions back to back, you would not perform to the best of your ability. And so we want to split those up where possible whether that's doing them on separate days or doing, for example, your running first thing and then your resistance training later in the day after some adequate fuel and hydration. Um, we want to split them up. We don't want to do them back to back. On top of that, 
there is some evidence to suggest that the adaptations to resistance training may interfere with the adaptations to endurance training. This is something which is quite controversial, but it is a potential consideration and we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to try and avoid doing those sessions back to back. We also want to try and avoid running on the same day as a lower body day if we can. We want to allow our legs time to recover and doing both on the same day, again, will likely hinder your ability to perform to the best of your ability during each of those sessions, so both the run and the lower body session, as well as hindering your overall recovery and therefore your adaptations to training. Our rest period is where we adapt to training. We will only adapt in a positive manner to our training if we have adequate rest. And if we are doing both a lower body session and a run on the same day, we're not really having adequate rest between those sessions. So avoid that whenever you can. We also need to make sure that training volume and frequency over the week is manageable. You will only adapt again in a positive way to a training stimulus that you can actually recover from. When we try and achieve multiple goals at once, it can be really tempting to do too much. But we need to remind ourselves that, again, we will only adapt to a training stimulus that we can actually recover from. And so if you want the most results possible, more is not better when it comes to training volume and training frequency. This is another reason it can be really beneficial to have a coach to keep you in check and make sure that you are allowing adequate recovery. We also want to make sure that we are warming up for both our running and resistance training sessions. We don't need to hold static stretches beforehand and it could actually be detrimental to do so, to hold static stretches, especially before resistance training sessions. But at the very least, we need to go through some bodyweight movements that replicate the kind of movements we're going to be doing under load or under fatigue during our sessions. And when we're about to go on a run, for example, we want to do some, again, movement patterns that are going to replicate those which we are going to be doing during our run. We want to go through some movements to warm ourselves up and make sure that our bodies are prepared to run as well as our minds um but again we don't necessarily we don't need to be holding static stretches and actually doing so especially before a resistance training can actually be detrimental so that is something to consider and rather than doing that we want to think about going through some bodyweight movements that replicate the kind of movements we're going to be doing during our session so for example if during our resistance training session we're going to be doing some squat pattern movements, some lunge pattern movements. We might want to do some hip openers. We might want to do some bodyweight squat variations, some bodyweight lunge variations, that kind of thing. But we don't need to be holding static stretches. If you are not feeling fresh on a particular day, make sure that you warm up thoroughly and allow yourself to train at a lower intensity than usual. Lower intensity training, lower intensity running is still beneficial. 
it actually in some cases more beneficial and if you're not feeling particularly fresh it gives your body and mind a little bit of a more of a break than usual and your injury risk will be a lot lower so don't be afraid to lower the intensity of your training if you need to when you're progressing towards two different goals in particular and training volume is higher than if you just had one goal it's really important to be able to listen to your body and not push it when you shouldn't be pushing it essentially and remember that we will progress by training at lower intensities not by maxing out we don't make progress via running we don't make running progress by hitting PBs every run that we go out for. Equally, we don't make resistance training progress by maxing out every single set, every single session. We don't make resistance training progress by doing a one rep max every session. And so it's really important to remember that and keep your ego in check and resist the urge to go hitting PBs every session or every week because it's not appropriate and you won't make as much progress as you could. You won't fulfill your potential if you're maxing out frequently. So keep your ego in check, leave it at the door and play the long game. I would also advise, and this goes for anybody again who's trying to progress towards any goal to make sure that you at least have one full rest day a week. Again, we will only adapt in a positive way to a training stimulus that we can actually recover from. And so it's so important to allow ourselves adequate rest. We want to allow that rest, not just for the physical benefits, but for the mental benefits as well. If we're constantly training every single day, for example, Do you really think that you're going to be able to really apply yourself and focus during every single session? No, you're not. If you allow yourself adequate rest, if you allow yourself a full rest day from any training once a week, you're going to be much more capable of applying yourself to every session of getting your head in the zone and being focused. So make sure that you rest. It's really important both mentally and physically. And deloads are important as well, especially, well, for those of you who are consistent with your training, um, make sure that you are deloading from time to time, whether that be when you go on a holiday, taking a little bit of a break, or whether that be doing a, a structured week of reduced training volume and intensity, whatever approach you want to take to a deload, it's important that we do have them from time to time. And we're not just constantly hammering our bodies. And again, it will leave you fresh and ready to hit the ground running both mentally and physically, and it will positively contribute to your long-term success. So don't neglect your deloads. The final section that I'm going to go into when it comes to the, the important things to think about when you're trying to progress towards multiple goals is recovery, sleep, and stress management. So when we sleep is when we recover, as well as being essential if we wish to adapt to our training in a positive manner, it helps us recharge so that we are ready to perform again for for our next session. So don't neglect your sleep. What can you do to prioritize your sleep? 
Make sure that your bedroom is cool and dark. You might want to use a sleeping mask. I like a sleeping mask sometimes, especially if it's quite a light room. So that's always something to consider. But I think the biggest thing is to make sure that you've got a good pre-bed routine in place, that you're winding down, you're switching off from work, you're taking some time away from electronics, and you're doing something that makes you feel calm and relaxed so that you are ready to go to sleep when you go into your bedroom. Something that is a game changer for me is wherever possible leaving electronics outside of my bedroom. If I need my phone for an alarm clock for whatever reason, then I will have my phone in my room, but it won't be by my bedside. This is really important so that you you aren't tempted to scroll before you go to bed because this puts us in quite a reactive, responsive state and it isn't often productive for when we're trying to fall asleep. So try and get your electronics, especially if you work on them, get them outside of your bedroom and instead read a book or something like that or do some journaling before you go to bed. Do something to get you into a calm, relaxed state so that you can fall asleep relatively easily. Some of my clients also meditate before they go to bed or do some yoga and they find that really relaxing and really beneficial. So that is something that you could try as well. And um, you could, if you don't get on with meditation, you don't have to do that. You could simplify it and just try some breath work to get your body into a relaxed state. An example is box breathing. And that is where you do a long breath in. That could be four seconds in. Hold that inhale for four, four seconds out through your mouth. Hold for four and then repeat. That is an example of some deep breathing that you could do to just calm your body down and get you into a relaxed state. So these are just examples of things that you could do before bed that don't involve scrolling or watching TV and that will get your mind and body into a relaxed state. So make sure that your pre-bed routine is nailed, whatever that is, and you're doing something that makes you feel relaxed and trying to take some time away from screens if you can. I would also recommend not having a huge amount of liquid in a couple of hours before you go to bed, because if you do, the likelihood of you waking in the night to go to the toilet is going to be quite high. So try and drink the majority of your fluid a little bit earlier in the day if you can. And again, going back to the point that I made earlier, try and avoid consuming caffeine in the second half of the day. I would advise capping it at midday if you can. And make sure that your caffeine intake as a whole isn't excessive. Find what works for you. I've recently cut down to one cup a day and I find that I feel a lot calmer and my energy levels are a lot more consistent throughout the day. So I've kind of found what works for me. Sometimes I'll creep up to two coffees a day, but I won't generally go over that now. Back in the day when I was a PT, I used to nail caffeine and um I didn't feel good for it but I I used to be one of those people who had like six cups a day (laughs) that is not not me any longer and I've definitely found that this works better for me like back then I was napping every single day and I was trashed so it didn't work for me personally Another thing you need to make sure that you prioritize if you're trying to progress with whatever goals you want to achieve really is stress management. Psychological stress will have an impact on our physical recovery as well as our overall health and well-being. 
Identify what stress management tools work well for you and stay consistent with them, both on your good days and your bad days. Don't let them slip. Don't get into the habit of thinking, oh, I'm fine, so I don't really need these stress management tools anymore. That's when it can really throw us off. And then if you have a bad day, you haven't got those coping mechanisms, those stress management tools in place. If you stay consistent with them every single day, they will serve you well and they will be there for when you do have bad days because it's the nature of the human experience that we will have bad days. We all do. And so we need to be prepared for them and we need to make sure that we're helping ourselves through those days and that we're prepared for them. So they are the things, all the things, (laughs) nutrition, training, recovery, stress management, sleep that I would pay extra attention to if you are trying to progress with two different goals, such as running and your resistance training. So hypertrophy or the maintenance of lean body mass. I hope that helps guys. Hope that's insightful, whether you run or not. Hopefully it'll be some food for thought, whether you're a coach, whether you are just someone in the general population. I hope that helped in some way or was quite insightful and interesting. Please let me know if it was. And thank you so much for listening. It genuinely means the absolute world. If you do enjoy the content on the Female Fitness Podcast, please do like, subscribe and leave me a review or a comment down below and share that you're listening on your Instagram story. Tag me. My Instagram is Danny Bosworth. I'm also on there as the Female Fitness Podcast as well. Um, and let me know if there's ever any topics that you want me to cover or guests that you would like to hear from because I would absolutely love to hear from you. And as I mentioned previously, I do currently have some coaching spaces available so please get in touch if you are interested as they are limited and I would absolutely love to work with you if you listen to the podcast you will be an ideal client because you know how I work you know me quite well and I feel like anyone who starts up coaching who listens to the podcast we always have a good relationship because you know me and you know how I work Um, and you know what my values are too. So thank you for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will speak to you soon.